Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. On this episode, we'll be discussing bias in Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Yeah. Are there any biases that you struggle to get over? Oh, what a question. Okay, so one that I can think of that ended up being fairly significant for me, especially for a a significant time in my life, Mm -hmm. was when I was in high school. I realized because of all of the biased rhetoric and media coverage of people who were Muslim Mm. in the aftermath of 9-11, I just hadn't really analyzed it very much before, but... I realized how little I knew about Islam and how little I knew about any of the countries or the peoples that are generally stereotyped. And yeah, I just, I heard different things and I had no way to assess whether they were true or not because I didn't know anything, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so I decided that I wanted to read the Quran because I was like, well, I don't know anything about this religion yet I keep hearing people talk about things and especially like I grew up in some ways a not super conservative Christian space but to some degree so yeah I decided to read it and I found it just so interesting and so for me eye-opening at that time and just seeing so many like commonalities that I didn't realize before because again it was just other people who were outsiders to that religion talking about it mm-hmm So yeah, it was really interesting to me. And then I later went into study Middle Eastern history and and part of it stemmed from that. And yeah, yeah, that was significant for me. Well, I'm going to go in a different route with it. Okay. uh, And talk about how I have always had like a bias against skateboarders. (laughs) Um, You wouldn't have liked to go to my college. Really? Does everyone skateboard all around? (laughs) Not everyone, but it it was not uncommon. I just, I feel like (laughs) I've I've felt so often that skateboards, A, are just like a loud and unwieldy way to get around and that the people who tend to use them often were people who annoyed me when I was like that age, middle school, high school in particular. And so it was just something that like I definitely was just like, oh, skateboarders all the time <laughs> whenever I'd see them out in public and things like that. And what it's something that... What did you that... think of the skater boy, I'll see you later boy, I mean, Avril Lavigne song? At that point, I was not listening to popular music like of the time. <laughs> because that was another thing that I was biased against. But, uh, so you just really wanted to be a hipster. <laughs> uh, no, because hipsters, I feel like, do it because it's hip. I just, like, I just didn't like mainstream stuff, and I wanted to be like, my stuff is cooler, but none of you know it. No, but that's exactly what hipsters like to no, do. But, hipsters but then do they it all in... spread it in their communities, and then it becomes popular there. No, but hipsters are also into specific things, and those are not the things that I was into, right? Mm. Like, some of them overlapped, but, like, comic books, hipsters aren't into comic books. Some probably are, but that's not, like, hipster yeah. style, right? Mm. Wearing a comic book t-shirt is not going to make somebody like, look at that hipster over there, right? I, I much more fell I mean, into the you, category of if nerd. if you pair it with a cardigan... <laughs> I, which I've never done. And a fedora, then yes. Did wear a fedora a little bit in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wore Ninja Turtle sunglasses, so... Oh, God. <laughs> I can't even talk about your sunglasses <laughs> choices. Anyway, um, it's definitely something that, like, I've had friends, even back then, but it's definitely since, who, like, skateboard or skateboarded, and it's something that, like, 
see myself like being like uh, skateboarding still and be like okay there's no reason to be against this thing (laughs) like it's just another form of transportation but yeah so that that's i guess a more kind of a bias outside of the the typical racial, sexual, ethnic kind of biases that we we see quite often in society. And I think that's an interesting way of also seeing bias in style or choice or Mm -hmm. all these other kinds of things. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, we have a quote from Avatar The Last Airbender. This one is probably unsurprising by Uncle Iroh. So many of them are. (laughs) Just such a, a wise, wise man. He says this to Zuko when he's explaining the wisdom of the elements in Book 2, Earth. It is important to draw wisdom from many different places. If you take it from only one place, it becomes rigid and stale. Understanding others, the other elements, and the other nations will help you become whole. So wise, Iroh. I know, right? (laughs) Iroh, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Iroh. Yeah, and I just think that this is a really good example of uh, of a quote of trying to challenge bias, that there isn't just one kind of thinking or the kind of thinking that you are used to. There is wisdom in other ways of looking at things uh, beyond your own. Yeah, for sure. And, and I love that he uses like rigid and stale mm-hmm. because I think so often when we look at biases it has to do with rigidity and not wanting to be more flexible not wanting to have more ambiguity not wanting to have things mixed that you think should stay separate Mm -hmm. or you know there's there's so many ways that it can be very rigid and generally ideas of bias comes down to rigid thinking Mm -hmm. about something where you narrow something to such a degree that there isn't complexity yeah or or you broaden something to such a degree that Mm. similarly there's no complexity yeah yeah yeah, for sure well why don't we get into our analysis of bias in avatar so what character did you bring today so i wanted to talk about master pian dao okay let's do it because so if you don't remember he is Sokka's sword master and he's a part of the Fire Nation and Sokka went to him and they were wearing Fire Nation outfits said that they were from the Fire Nation and was assuming this bias in him Mm -hmm. to some degree just didn't want to endanger Team Avatar which is a good call (laughs) on that part but he trains with him and it's a really great experience for Sokka but by the end of his training with him, he realizes that Piandao is known the entire time, that mm-hmm. they are not from the Fire Nation. And he was fine with that. You know, he wanted to teach people who wanted to learn and who were humble in their seeking after knowledge. And it didn't matter where anyone came from. It was just, it was the attitude of the person that Mm. made the difference for him. And so even though he's a part of the Fire Nation and essentially arming the quote unquote enemy, but that didn't matter to him because he didn't have that same bias. Mm. And even in his sword fighting, it showed that Again, so much of it was being aware and not being rigid made you a better swordmaster. Mm-hmm. And a part of it, too, that shows 
also his lack of bias was that he was a part of the White Lotus. That group crosses all ethnic racial lines and all national lines. And it's, it's about the wisdom. It's about, well, we don't actually know. We don't have a ton, a ton of information, mm. but it doesn't have that bias that, oh, you're from this place or you're from this group or you're this age that that makes a difference. And so, yeah, I just think he's an interesting character and one that I think was really important to have in this series because mm -hmm. we see so much villainization of the Fire Nation in a lot of ways, but then to have certain characters undo that also helps undo bias. Mm -hmm. So I think that, yeah, it was just really important for both of their sides. Like he already had come to a place of not being biased against people of other places. And at the end of the series, he even helps with bossing say not get taken over. So he's fighting against the Fire Lord. But then I think it was really important for Team Avatar to see that some of the people that they assumed would just be against them weren't necessarily and that they had that bias as well towards people in the fire nation absolutely yeah anytime you see i think fire nation people in particular who are allies to team avatar and similarly people from other nations who are antagonistic to the team i think it's it's really good because it shows that nuance outside of just good nations bad nations exactly cool why don't we move on to plot what plot did you bring I want to talk about what it was like for Zuko and Iroh to exist in the Earth Kingdom when mm. they were on the run from the Fire Nation. Because I think that they work off each other in really interesting ways because Iroh, you know, as he says in the, the quote that we mentioned at the beginning, you know, he has this very White Lotus-esque view of the world being able to, to be more harmonious and being able to find wisdom in other people. But I think Zuko kind of experiences bias in both ways because I don't know if he he expects himself to find respect for people in the Earth Kingdom. One of the first interactions that he has is he tries to steal from someone and then he finds out that she's pregnant and he no longer wants to steal from them. But I think that oftentimes we talk about how bias dies once you get to know people individually. And I think that, that we see Zuko kind of going through that, where the more he's getting to know people in the Earth Kingdom, the more he is willing to look past any bias he has against them um, and to find himself as Fire Nation and them as Earth Kingdom. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the point, too. It's It's not just when you get to know one person, right? Because that one person could confirm your bias, mm -hmm. right? But when you get to know several people, many people yeah, your bias is going to start to fall apart. Absolutely. And I think it's it's also really interesting because then Zuko starts having experiences with people who interact with him in biased ways, where when he saves the town that mm -hmm. is being exploited, but comes out as a firebender, he yeah. is told to leave. You know, he is shunned because he's a firebender, even though he did something good for that town. Which is interesting, too, because the little boy that he, you know, initially started helping, right? He automatically had a bias in favor of Zuko mm -hmm. because he, one, had helped chase away uh, Fire Nation people who were exploiting the town, mm -hmm. but also because he had his scar. And the little boy had a scar, too, from having been attacked at some point. Mm -hmm. And so he automatically had this bias that, like, oh, this person is one of us. Mm -hmm. And then when he found out he wasn't, that bias just 
flipped automatically and he got so mad at him and was just like you know leave and it was now you are evil you are the enemy Mm -hmm. and yeah the little boy couldn't deal with the nuance of the situation but you know little kids have a harder time with that sometimes than others yeah yeah absolutely um and then later on jet is trying to out them as firebenders right and so again he's seeing you know this person doesn't trust them and and is trying to out them in ways because it would show them that just because they're firebenders they are bad or what have you and i think Mm -hmm. that 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 affects zuko because when jin the young woman in bossing say starts to come into the tea shop all the time Mm -hmm. he's like she knows we're firebenders (laughs) i know and I was like, nah, she just likes you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked her. I did too. I love, I liked that, that episode quite a bit. I, okay. Some people are big May fans out there and they really ship May and Zuko, but I liked her for Zuko better. <laughs> I mean, we didn't get to know her too well. I but, know, but just yeah. from that one episode, she seemed like she could help, you know, like... Heal Zuko- his scars? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Just like Zuko couldn't be so negative and mm-hmm. so down on things, but she like she had a lightness to her and she could like, you know, enjoy things and laugh about things and and I think engage a side of him that he didn't normally engage, whereas May was so much more down on everything and didn't care about anything, which mm-hmm. I don't think helps Zuko since he can be that way himself. Is that why you like being with me? Yeah, you're the lightness. gin. <laughs> but I, I think that, that not only is that a, a delightful date and everything, but I think it also shows how bias can affect people because Zuko has been stereotyped in the past and he mm-hmm. has been judged for being a firebender in the past. And he has fit into that stereotype in the past. <laughs> totally. And so that's what he expects to get from Jin, and it's why he, he doesn't he's not able to have other relationships very well in Bossing Say outside mm-hmm. of Iroh. And I think that's really interesting because bias can be extremely isolating. And the fear of being stereotyped and the fear of being treated with bias, I think, can mm. also be very powerful for people. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that Zuko is an interesting example of seeing both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas Iroh in that space is so much more comfortable mm-hmm. because he, he hasn't conceptualized things so rigidly for quite a bit longer and he you know believes that a cup of good tea can like bring anyone together basically so yeah i think he is so happy to just start this new different life and make the best out of whatever situation and become friends with people that he doesn't share a culture with or a background with but yeah it's much harder for zuko absolutely well what compelling question did you bring so my question is what instances do you see in avatar or legend of korra where bias puts people in more danger well the first one that comes to mind is definitely when in avatar vs airbender team avatar goes to bossing say and mm-hmm. they expect themselves to be allies with a government that is resisting the fire nation and instead they find one that itself has issues with fascist surveillance and governance mm-hmm. and so yeah that's one where where they come in and they have an expectation that 
Earthbenders are going to be against the Fire Nation, and that that's going to be their main priority instead of consolidation of power. Yeah, um, and that they can just trust them. Exactly. And so clearly that that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess the other one is going up to the Northern Water Tribe and Katara wanting to learn from the masters there just as, as Aang is and, and expecting there to be a master who's just going to be perfect and useful in everything they want, you know, but instead mm-hmm. finding someone who is much more problematic and, and having to deal with the issues in the culture uh, and the community up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What were you thinking? Yeah, so one of the things I was thinking about is the Earth Nation town that Team Avatar comes across for Avatar Day. Mm. And they're like, oh, look it, it's Avatar Day. That's so great. They're like celebrating avatars. <laughs> and then they realize, oh, wait, they're lighting these floats of these avatars on fire. And basically, and gets imprisoned because that town was so biased against any avatar because of what one avatar had done Mm -hmm. and that was like two avatars ago (laughs) and because of what happened with kyoshi over an actual military fight that was going on and kyoshi island being formed through it and breaking off they then had this bias against ang it didn't matter like they just assume the worst of him before they know anything about him obviously he's also like was not the same as kyoshi in so many different ways but yeah it it was just so biased that they didn't even want you know they didn't even give him any real adequate trial (laughs) right because it's just us and it wasn't until they were attacked by the fire nation and and could help them that they're like, oh, we like him now. <laughs> and definitely that bias, one, could have been to the entire detriment of the town itself, uh, but also Team Avatar in the world, <laughs> if Aang hadn't gone out of there. That's true, yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah. And the other instance that I was thinking about was in the Great Divide episode, where there's these two different groups of people who just hate each other, and they put everybody at risk of these creatures in the, um, what would we call that? Canyon? Canyon, great. They put everybody at risk because nobody was supposed to bring food in. But they're like, oh, but we knew that the other side would cheat. We Mm. knew that they would bring it in, so we brought ours in too. And so both sides did that. And again, all of this was based off of generations ago, some story of why this other group of people was so bad. And both of them had a completely opposite view of the story, mm-hmm. right? So, and then Aang just comes in like, that's not what happened. And like, But oh. he lies. Oh, he totally lied. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, I have, I have real problems with him there where he's like, culturally erasing their pasts and their histories yeah not cool ang <laughs> not cool but also we don't know that either of the, it was actually true but they're more right? true than his actual fictionalized <laughs> no one, of right? course of course it's bad <laughs> um <laughs> but uh 
This is the peacemaking of a 12-year-old. <laughs> yes, I get it. But as a historian, it, <laughs> it bugs me. <laughs> so, um, I no, think the I worst understand. thing that Aang does in the series. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a good example of, of how bias can be extremely destructive. Yeah. 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 What about you, though? What is your compelling question? Well, I don't know how compelling it is, but <laughs> I wanted to know why you think the spirits maintain their anti-human bias. Because hmm. we see them at the beginning of this world with the first Avatar, hating humans. But even through Korra, we see a lot of them being standoffish at best towards humans. Yeah, well, that's the hard thing, though, because it wasn't just that they were against humans, but the humans were against them, too. Mm-hmm. Right? So we... We never really have seen a time when it was only one way. It was always mutual. But I think part of it is that bias is easiest when you really don't understand other people's experience. Mm. And their experiences are so different. Mm -hmm. And I think especially when you see things like empires trying to colonize other peoples and all of these terrible things that the fire nation is doing and it doesn't seem like the spirit world deals with that in the same way yeah you have these people cutting down forests and that really specific case with the forest spirit that is destroying a a human village right and Mm. it, it keeps doing this and they want help from Aang and that's the first time Aang goes into the spirit world I believe and realizes this spirit actually can be very friendly and completely docile, but it's when it gets into this angry state because of the destruction that is done to the forest. And so it seems like some of that is the case too, where it's like you're actually destroying our world Mm -hmm. and the the humans don't necessarily know it, right? Uh, Because the spirit world is on a different plane Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's part of it not only do they just really not understand human existence like how they go about anything but the humans are also doing destructive things to their environment and their fellow spirits yeah what were you thinking similar things yeah i feel like from me, you know, one of the big things is just the separation. It is mm-hmm. easy to be biased against someone who you cannot or do not interact with. And for the most part, they don't. And I think the other thing is history. Whether it's true or not, history as a cultural process also instills bias because it instills identity. And often that identity is in contrast with other identities. And so for the spirits to see how humans have for generations abused nature and the spirits themselves and all these kinds of things i think is uh yeah something that i'm sure stays with them in some ways as well and i like that you brought up the environment aspects i feel like spirits definitely in many forms of media uh they represent the environment in a way Mm -hmm. and it is definitely a commentary on the way that humans interact with the environment because we are exploitative. We do not have a relationship in a way that uh, that peoples all over the world, often indigenous peoples, who had real cultivating relationships with the environment have seen it and kind of traditional ecological knowledge that's existed. Modern humanity tends to have a exploitative, resource-focused 
way of looking at nature. And Mm -hmm. in doing so, we can't develop that same kind of relationship because the relationship is entirely one-sided. And I think that's an interesting perspective to see the spirits come in on. Because, yeah, it's like if we personified nature on our planet, how would we look at that nature and how would that nature look at us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just the idea that these spirits are interacting with nature in such a an essential way mm-hmm. that it's like we are taking care of this. We are part of this. And you benefit from it. And now you're killing it. You know, like exactly. it just takes it to uh, yeah. And the best a example whole of that terrible level. Yeah, the best example of that in the shows are in Korra when mm-hmm. Kavira's weapon that runs yeah. on the spirit energy from the vine, literally taking that energy, manipulating it into destructive ways to build a weapon. The most destructive things that humans build, and it's just so clearly an example of like nuclear weapons mm-hmm. uh, as as a metaphor. So yeah. <laughs> Although now I'm like, are the spirits actually biased against humans or do they just have an accurate (laughs) perspective? Are they objectively able to see how terrible we are? That's kind of where I was going with this question, expecting you to answer. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, I suppose we should move on to our missed opportunities. Do you want to go first? Sure. So my missed opportunity is that there's so much bias in Avatar Last Airbender between these different nations because so much of the story is centered around these different nations and how they're oppressed by the Fire Nation and this very colonial experience. Mm -hmm. And then once we get to Legend of Korra, bias takes an entirely new form between benders and non-benders and spirits and humans and you know all of these these different um different factions of society so i guess my missed opportunity is that i don't think in 80 or 100 years however many years it actually was between the end of the last airbender to the legend of Korra starting i don't think those biases would have unraveled so quickly between the different nations and the different peoples of those nations and moved on to just something new. Because if we look at in our society, how many hundreds of years things can take with biases and they're still there and they're still strong. Even if we, we just take one thing of like race or you take ability, you know, any one of these parts of society they don't get dismantled in a decade so I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that continue over and I know that we're in Republic City for more of the time and I think because that city was so intentionally integrated between the different nations I can understand there being slight differences there but also I could understand there being more conflict because now they're like coming head to head And so, yeah, I just wish that we had gotten to see more of that, even if it wasn't the prime conflicts that were going on, but at least have it woven in there to some degree. Well, we had the samest opportunity this time. The samest? The samest. 
No, the same missed opportunity. Oh, isn't the samest. The samest opportunity? Yeah, the no. most same. The most same opportunity. <laughs> no, the same missed opportunity. Because I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh, hey, uh, I'm glad I went first. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I think that, as you said, there's, there's no way that that kind of bias changes that quickly. And especially when you look at a city like Republic City, look at the intergenerational biases as well. You know, mm-hmm. there's good, not going to be anyone more than, what, fourth generation there, probably. And many of them, it sounds like, are first generation. There's still people moving to the city all the time. And so what's it like for someone from the Northern Water Tribe to move to Republic City when now they're trying to buy people? Or what's it like for someone's parents who are immigrants, but they grew up in Republic City and how mm-hmm. that affects their their intergenerational conflict. I think that that's something that absolutely you would see and and I think is essential to the kind of cosmopolitan cities that exist in our world. Mm -hmm. Um, That it isn't just we're all together and now we're fine. It's these these seeds and legacies of the biases of the past and the oppression of the past carry on. And I agree that there absolutely should have been something about that in those episodes. It's unfortunate that we we don't see it. Similarly, we don't see the biases between the city and the less urban areas Mm -hmm, um, because mm -hmm. that's also going to be a big change as well, where if, if Republic City is supposed to be represented in the cosmopolitan metropolis of our modern society, which I think it is, there's lots of tension between that and rural or suburban societies as well. And we don't see any of that in the the show and i wish we could have yeah yeah because it's so interesting that someone like asami's father because of what happened to his wife being killed by a bender that it would be against benders Mm -hmm. versus against you know whatever particular nation they were from if it wasn't from the same nation Mm -hmm. now if it was from the same nation then that would have an interesting other uh, other level there but we don't really know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I guess since we had the same missed opportunity, uh, <laughs> we'll just go on to our lessons. What, uh, what lessons do you, are you taking from this? What's your takeaway? I think my takeaway is that the show does a really good job with hitting so many different biases. Like, they just, they put so many different levels of it with so many different characters and all throughout the series and I really appreciate that because that's not always integral to a lot of shows Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's really good and more shows should do it because it's important but that being said obviously there's some shortcomings (laughs) but I also like with our missed opportunity even though I think that's very true I also appreciate that they were trying to show different other types of bias rather than sticking with the same ones. So I appreciate the kind of like range that they were trying to show. Absolutely. I think one of the my takeaways is that that it comes against, I think, a problem of because it's so focused on this four nation system, it's hard to see it through the lens of our society because we have a, a white supremacist culture, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have a idea of the majority and then people of color being minorities. Mm-hmm. And we don't ever get that in Avatar. We have an imperialist story for sure. Yeah. But we don't have that same kind of interior social oppression. 
mm-hmm. that we get in our society. And so that would be something I think that would add a lot more. Um, obviously, it's a different kind of world to build. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the reasons why we, we do see some things missing in Avatar. And I think in particular, we see a lot of missing intersectionality. That, that would be on our next watch through. The thing I'll probably be looking for mm-hmm. from this is like, how much do we see things outside of the nationalist era? Yeah. And instead looking at things of age or ability or gender or, or class or these things kind of going on top of each other and intersecting or are they all taken kind of individually and siloed yeah yeah for sure and i would have liked to have seen also a bit more like in terms of culture Mm. because it's not just we want to invade for power's sake so often when colonization happens it also comes with the dehumanizing of the culture and the people who are already there Mm. and that I think would have been really interesting to see as well. These added layers of not only do we want power over you, we want to exploit your resources and your land, but we also think that you're uncivilized and we need to come in and show you the proper way to do things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you bring up what we'll be discussing next week when we head back to Star Wars? So we're going to look at the theme of compassion compassion and star wars yeah all right that'll be fun well thanks for listening to this week's episode of geek between the lines you can find us on social media by searching for geek between the lines on facebook instagram twitter or pinterest you can also go to our website bit.ly slash geek between the lines or go to our patreon site at patreon.com slash geek between the lines we just got a new patron we did today you didn't tell me that i didn't you were asleep and so we want to thank Artstu52 for joining us and uh, hope that you you join us as well. Another great way to support us is by leaving us a review. Yeah. If you go to Apple Podcasts in particular or wherever else you get your podcasts and you leave us a five-star review, that really helps us get new listeners and hopefully we can grow our community even more. Yes, we challenge you to leave us a review. Oh, hey, that rhymed. It's like you're a poet, but you aren't even aware of the fact. Yes, thank you. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastella at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Instagram or Facebook. With that, we'll wrap up this episode. We'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.